0: Welcome to The Way Church. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For sermon notes, service times, and more information, check us out online at thewaychurchva.com. Now let's join Pastor Matt Rothie with this week's message. Stepmother and stepsisters are horrible and mean. The orphan girl is lovely and kind. The orphan girl lives in a monotonous life filled with loneliness serving as a slave to her stepmother and stepsisters but one day one day in the stroke of luck she is visited by her fairy godmother her humble clothing and cinder smudged face become hidden by an extravagant ball gown a glimmer of hope sparkles in her eye as her fate appears to be changing when she's taken to a ball to meet the prince. But all that excitement, it's short-lived. She attends the prince's ball and there she turns every head in the kingdom. She takes the prince's breath away and with her beauty and elegance, wows him. Charms, prince charming. But just as she begins to dream of a new life, the dream is snatched away as the clock strikes midnight. The glittery diamonds and flawless dress begin to fade, and she's transformed back into her true self. Smudges return to her face as she flees the palace in shame and, well in her haste, leaves behind a shoe. But the prince, the prince does not soon forget the beautiful girl he met at the ball. Prince Charming is determined to find his princess. He orders his servants to search high and low, to turn over the kingdom, to find the girl to whom the shoe belongs. And he finds her. Eventually he finds her and you know how it ends. They live happily ever after. It's a nice story, but it's a fairy tale. It's a nice story, but Cinderella is not the story of the Bible. The biblical narrative is not a fairy tale. It's a real tale. It's the tale that's old as time. It's the tale of the beauty of the father's love and the beast of human evil. Let me put that another way. You're no Cinderella. Cinderella is the story of someone who is a victim of their circumstances. Wrong place at the wrong time. It wasn't her fault she was orphaned. It wasn't her fault she was forced to live in captivity with a cruel stepfamily. Cinderella was beautiful. It made sense that the prince sent servants to go and find her for him. That's not you. You're no Cinderella. Oh yes, the Bible does indeed illustrate that you and I are orphans, but that's where the comparison stops to someone innocently caught in the wrong circumstances at the wrong time. Well, we were deserving of our dilemma. It was our fault. Don't believe me? Ephesians 2 tells my story and your story. It begins this way. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins You and I were, by nature, essentially, fundamentally flawed. You were not an innocent servant. You deserved your captivity because you gladly followed deviant and disobedient ways. You and I deserved the wrath and the anger. Why? Because you weren't just a spiritual orphan. You were the orphan that pillaged and plundered, committing high crimes and rebellion, what ran deep within us. It was your nature and mine. The story goes on. At that time, you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. No hope. There was no magic pumpkin, no ball, no disguising or dressing up your true nature. Nothing could hide the dirt and the shame. Well, that was on our face like defiance. There's no chance of escaping our captivity. We were cut off. You could not and would not ever dream of meeting the prince. Because as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Cinderella is not the gospel. It's a fairy tale. You're not Cinderella. That's the real tale. But thank God. Thank God because Jesus is no Prince Charming. Oh, he's a prince, all right. But that's where the comparison stops to some prince who lives in the ivory tower of privileged seclusion and detached delusion from the realities of life on earth. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace, no doubt, but he doesn't send his servants to find his love. He doesn't use his power to pursue the ones he wants. He gives up his power. And he himself comes to us to find you. He comes not with strength, but with weakness. Jesus just doesn't come to find his orphans. He comes to die for them and raise them from the dead. Remember that at that time, you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near, for through him... We both now have access to the father by one spirit. The metaphorical shoe for who in all creation could possibly rescue us fit just one person, the son of God. So he wore it. He wore our rags. The God who created us wore our humanity. Jesus is Emmanuel. He's God with us. He came to you and me so that we who were once without hope and without God in the world would have hope with us because we have God with us. While the prince in the fairy tale cannot relate or sympathize with the life of suffering that Cinderella had always known, Jesus can, and he does. He is intimately aware of our pain. Jesus knows our loneliness, our slavery, our abandonment, Nothing can hide our true wicked nature from him. And what did he do? He didn't just pick up a broom to help us with our chores. He picked up a cross and on it, he shed his blood. So by his blood, you and I, who were once far away, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. It was his own body, his flesh and his blood on the cross, his life, his purpose. It was to put to death our hostile ways so he gave himself up to death. His body shredded to pieces so that we would have peace with God. Jesus takes our rags and clothes us with himself. The robes that Jesus gives us, they they flow from his pure side. And those robes, they won't vanish at midnight. They're yours and mine to keep. It wasn't because you and I were turning heads that our prince came for us. He didn't seek us or die for us because We were beauties. He did it because we were orphaned, separated, excluded, foreigners, and without hope. He himself, out of the fullness of his love that we cannot measure, is the one who seeks us out. Jesus found us not with a missing shoe, but in his death for us. Jesus acquires us through his death and resurrection. And for it, well, what do we get out of it? Well, I'll tell you what we do not get out of it. We do not have a fairy godmother who dresses us up in the finest clothes and masquerades our outward appearance in order to make us presentable just for a short time. Oh no. Jesus acquires us through his death and his resurrection. And what we get from that is an eternal, forever place in God's family. For through him, We both have access to the Father. We have a Father who loved us while we were still sinners. We have a Father who washes us in baptism and takes away the dirt of sin that was caked on our face. And get this, He loves us even today. Even today when we still sin. He loves us today, He loves us tomorrow, and He loves us without end. We have a Heavenly Father whose voice is in our ears when we are plagued with guilt or doubt or uncertainty, it's a voice not shouting but whispering. On the plains of your heart, it's the voice of heaven, the familiar tone of a dad's voice, echoing down the long hallways of hope through the ears of our deepest, darkest caverns of pain. He doesn't accuse, he doesn't berate, he only mouths words in which we hear the full expanse of heaven's redemptive love. Have hope, be at peace. In Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Right now, there are people listening to this, I know, who have experienced alienation from family, from friends, co workers, and neighbors. Listening to this right now are some people who need to hear and recognize their own fault in breaking up relationships, but they also need to hear how their fault has been taken away by Jesus Christ and is buried in his empty tomb. Those sins, it's hidden from both the sight of the father and from their own sight. You're forgiven. Look, listening to this right now are victims of others' rejection and abuse. Please, please, please hear how your heavenly father has made a place for you at his supper table. Now, right now, some of you are craving belonging and have coveted friendships that, well, you remember from your childhood or observe in neighbors or coworkers. Know this: here in this family of believers, in this church, the gospel is being proclaimed and is being practiced. That not only means you have a friend in Christ who has gone searching for you as an orphan and adopted you into his family through the waters of your baptism. On top of that, you have belonging here with your faith family. That's what you have. Look, at The Way Church, we like to and we get to tell people this, that our church, this community of Christians, is a place for you. Why can we say that and why do we say that? Well, it's because belonging to Christ means we have a place where we fit, a resting place where we are at peace because we know our Lord accepts us at his own. He has reclaimed us from an orphanage that was run by Satan, and he places us securely among his people in the safety provided by our Heavenly Father. He has connected with us by becoming one of us, sharing our flesh, our blood, our bones and skin, sharing our tears and hunger, our pains and agonies. And he's become one with us in order to restore us to his family. You were orphaned, but in Christ, you have been familyed. Amen.